This podcast is a production of WCWP, LIU Post Public Radio. Check out our lineup of original programs, listen live, or support by visiting WCWP.org. Welcome to Backstage at Tilla Center. I'm Sherry Linker, Director of Communications here. And the idea behind this podcast is to provide listeners with a peek behind the scenes, what it takes to put on the performances on stage, and along the way, share some fun backstage stories. Today, we're talking to Stephanie Turner, Director of Arts Education and Outreach at Tilla Center, whose job is to create programs with schools on Long Island, the senior community, and bring arts to the underserved. And in particular today, we're going to talk about the sensory-friendly programs here. Welcome, Stephanie. I'm sure you could do a much better job of explaining what you do here than I did. Can you just briefly touch on your role? Sure, sure. So anything that has to do with education at Tillis Center, um, usually tied to a performance that we're presenting, where we can reach out into the community, um, whether it's with um, children as young as babies to two-year-olds and pre-kindergartners and nursery schools, all the way up to senior citizens. So our activities that we provide give an educational experience and connection to the show. So for example, if we're doing say, a dance performance like Martha Graham Dance Company. We'll provide some classes for people that are um, using the Martha Graham style so that when they see the performance, there's more of a connection to the performance. So we do that through, um, we serve about 16,000 people per year with these programs. And we're partnered with many public schools. We do community outreach. We work with senior citizen centers. And now we're launching our new autism-friendly initiative. And speaking of that, uh, last year, Tilla Center made sensory-friendly programming a priority. Can you just share a little bit about why that was so important? Sure. Um, well, autism, quite unfortunately, has become extremely prevalent along among uh, children now. I think the most recent statistics are saying that one out of every 45 children is born with autism. Um, So it's really a dilemma that's plaguing our community, and we feel that we really need to provide experiences for these children and for their families so that they can feel um, welcome at our center, because sometimes when you have a child with special needs, it's not always comfortable to go to a public venue um, because your child might be loud or might need to leave in the middle of the show. So we want to make sure that we're serving everyone in our community. Um, We want to make a friendly uh, experience. Um, So when we say we have a sensory-friendly experience, we're taking um, a show that would be part of our normal schedule and we'll modify it for a child with autism, meaning that we might lower the sound and light levels. Um, We'll have a sensory-friendly space with sensory toys where the kids can go and play if they need a break from the theater because sometimes it's overwhelming to go see a show. And then we've also offered some performances that are highly interactive, one that we did in March. And we'll get to that in a minute. Um, but interesting, too, you developed the, um, a PowerPoint presentation that we put on our website so that these families can access them and share with their, their children or the adults going with yeah. them so they know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Have you found that to be helpful? And is that something that these programs are suggesting that you do? Sure. So... We've found in the work that we've been doing, um, the you know, our education programs at Tillis 
have gone back 20 years now before my time here. And anything that we can do to prepare a child in advance to the experience they're going to have is really useful. So we've been offering study guides. We have a whole school time series of matinee performances. So these study guides are designed for a teacher to use with their students in the classroom so that they know what the theater is like and how to behave as an audience member. So that kind of carries over into the autism community where um, educators that work with kids on the spectrum have created what they call social stories. And with a child with autism who's really um, needs to know what to expect, um, they really need to know what their schedule is from day to day because that's um, part of the... um, the neuro disorder is that you just really need to, you don't want to be caught by surprise. So we've taken kind of the study guide model and off the direction of some educators, we've created what we call a social story, which is the PowerPoint on our website. So it has pictures of our venue, what um, to expect when you walk in the room, what an usher is, who takes your tickets, what the bathroom looks like, so that there are no surprises. So any child who's on the spectrum can go through that social story with their parent or their educator and really feel like they know what to expect when they walk into Tilla Center. And what would you say some of the challenges are when putting on programming for those on the spectrum? Um, The biggest challenge we've had so far is reaching the community. I think it'll take a little while for us to build our reputation as a venue that can create programs that people can really trust and understand and know that they're really welcome here. So um, other people in our field that have done this kind of work, they say that's the biggest challenge is really getting the word out. So if you're listening to us, we encourage you to come by with your family. You are welcome. And we, we offer what we feel is the highest quality programs for children on the spectrum and their families. The other interesting component that I found is that the um, amount of training involved for our staff here at Tillis Center to know how to interact with these families. Can you just touch a little bit on what's involved in that? Sure. So we have um, a large staff in our box office and in our front of house, um, our ushering staff that are LIU students. So because of that, we have integrated well into the campus community and the College of Education um, with a center called the Center for Community Inclusion, which was started by Dr. Kathleen Feely, who's on the faculty here at Post. Um, She's a specialist in the field of autism, and she has now for two consecutive years come to Tillis Center to do specialized trainings with our staff to teach our LIU students who are really the face of Tilla Center when people come in, how to interact, what to expect, what it means to have autism, you know, how it's different from working with the general population and how it's the same with working with some of the general population. So that's been a really positive partnership that we've had here on campus. That's wonderful. Now this year, going back to the teas that uh, you brought up a few minutes ago, this year we had a performance that was not on stage called Red Kite Treasure Adventures. And it was interesting because it was for a limited number of participants in a more intimate environment. Um, Just talk a little bit about how this went and just the process in coordinating this. Sure. So this is a movement actually internationally right now. And this week and this month, as a matter of fact, at Lincoln Center for the Performing Arts, they're having something called the Big Umbrella Festival, where there, I think, are six or seven companies from around the world who are doing these highly specialized, um, intimate performances for kids on the spectrum. So instead of sitting and watching a show, 
The kids are in a smaller space. We had this performance of Red Kite Treasure Adventure in our patrons' lounge. And the kids came in. There was a maximum of 10 um, students allowed per performance because the performers who did the show were highly trained and specialized and knew how to work directly with these students. So they became a part of the performance. They um, got to feel the wind on their face. They blew a fan on the kids. They got to interact with a, you know, snake, quote unquote snake. So they took a feather boa and they wound it around the kids so they could have a sensory experience feeling a snake. How did the kids respond? They loved it. They absolutely loved it. We had such, we did six shows in um, three days and everybody who came had an amazing experience. Um, And the kids actually went on the treasure adventure. They got to move around the room. They got to find treasure. So All of these companies that I'm referring to at Lincoln Center this coming week will be doing similar performances. Um, There's one happening this week about the ocean where kids are going in and they're pretending to see fish and they're grabbing things and they get to feel water. And it's all, you know, when you say sensory, that's what's happening. They're having a real interactive sensory experience. So this is a movement around the world and in providing these experiences and Tilla Center is staying current and being right on the cutting edge of what's happening nationally, internationally. That's great. I'm so happy to be able to offer this to the community. Now, this weekend, we're presenting the last one in our sensory-friendly series for the season, The Polar Bears Go Up. What can audiences expect to experience for this one? Sure. So we're really excited about The Polar Bears Go Up. Um, It's a great presentation. It's actually from Scotland. And the whole show is completely nonverbal. So it's all told through music and movement and acting without words. So it's a perfect show for, I actually saw the show with a live audience um, at another venue with little babies in it. So anybody can follow the show um, from an infant to a grown-up. And it's extremely, it uses a lot of humor. It's about two polar bears who lose their balloon and they come up with really, really clever ways to get it back. They build a rocket ship. They climb a ladder. I don't want to give too much of it away. So we'd like you all to come see it, listeners. Um, But it's a great, great show. And um, so in terms of the sensory friendliness of the show, um, number one, it's nonverbal, very easy to follow. Um, This will be a non, what we call a non-shushing show. So if you bring your children and they need to talk during the performance or move around, that's totally fine. We don't make you follow what we consider to be formal adult theater etiquette. Um, We'll have our sensory friendly room available and the sound and light levels will be adjusted for kids on the spectrum. Well, you mentioned you've been at TELUS for quite some time, not quite 20 years, but over 10. So I'm sure you've had some really interesting stories. Come on, you got to share some of your favorite behind-the-scenes stories. Hmm. There have been so many stories. Uh, just pick one. <laughs> um, I'd say probably, if you're familiar with the story of the cat in the hat, you know there's thing one and thing two. Um, we presented the cat in the hat last year, and um, thing two was sick. So I'll say that thing one put um, the shirt on for thing one and thing two and just kind of jumped around directionally (laughs) so that they played both parts. Because when you're doing live theater, you just kind of never know. And if someone gets sick or can't perform, you've got to wing it. So the show must go on. The show must go on. 
Well, thank you so much. I'm so glad you joined us today. Join us this weekend for a full calendar for those of you listening. As Stephanie mentioned, polar bears go up on Thursday night, April 26th. On Friday night, the New York Philharmonic will be here. And then Saturday, jazz vocalist Spider Saloff. But we're not done. On Sunday, the 29th, one of the most celebrated modern dance companies in America, Martha Graham Dance. Now, what's interesting about this performance, it will feature LIU dance students on stage with Martha Graham professionals. And I've seen a sneak preview, and it's amazing. You've been listening to Backstage at Tillis Center on the campus of LIU Post in Brookville, Long Island. Like what you hear? Here's how you can let us know. Give us a call at 516-299-2626 or email us at info at wcwp.org. Like us at facebook.com slash mywcwp and leave a comment or tweet us at mywcwp. We welcome all kinds of feedback. To directly support the podcast you just enjoyed, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to give back, visit wcwp.org and click the support tab. Thanks for listening from your friends at WCWP.